Welcome back to the weekly Zohar study for the Parsha of Yitroth. I'd like to dedicate today's class to one of my favorite teachers and spiritual mentors, Rabbi Chaim Miller. May Hashem bless him with bracha and hatzacha, inspiring and empowering thousands with his awesome books, wisdom, and all that he does. He kashrut to the tzedikim. He hears on the panecha Hashem Elokeinu Vohevotenu that is in the schut in the merit of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Arya Kadosh, and Rabbi Vital Moshe Rabbeinu. We will be able to draw down the chokhmah, the bina, and the dot, the wisdom, understanding, and the consciousness of the teachings of the Holy Zohar, so we can integrate them fully into our lives and be worthy vessels to receive Hashem's great light and blessings. Galenai veabita. You can follow along in the verses provided. In this week's Zohar, we see that there are many fascinating sections about how to read a person's face, eyes, lips, hands, as well as teachings about astrology. At first, it seems strange to see these types of teachings specifically within this week's Parsha, which is the Parsha of the Mount Sinai Revelation, where the Jewish people received the Torah from Hashem himself. So you would think that this would, week would be an extended discussion about the mitzvot, the meaning of the mitzvot, which for sure there are some teachings, but the majority of this week's section is about astrology, face and palm reading. So why is that? And why is the Parsha called after Yitro? This is a classic question. Why wasn't it named after Moshe? Since the experience at Har Sinai was really the defining moment for Moshe as a leader of the Jewish people who brings them face to face with Hashem in a very spectacular experience of revelation where they finally receive the Torah directly from Hashem and Moshe acting as the, the channel, the intermediary. So the fact that this part is named after Yitro means there's something here that we need to explore more deeply. Firstly, we know Yitro was a non-Jewish high priest of Avodah Zarah that also happened to be Moshe's father-in-law. This Parsha opens up with Yitro visiting Moshe after he hears of the great miracles that Hashem made for the Jewish people in the splitting of the Red Sea and the exodus from Egypt. And after that, Yitro tells Moshe that he believes in the one God in Hashem. He then gives Moshe advice on how to delegate to others some of this work because Moshe is overburdened by dealing directly with every single person who comes to him. So he appoints ministers to help him with the task of governing and administering justice to the Jewish people. So then Yitro leaves and the account of the receiving of the Ten Commandments of the Torah at Har Sinai begins. So is it correct to assume that Yitro taught Moshe about the wisdom of the face and palm reading and astrology in order to help Moshe choose the right people to delegate his worth to? Is that why these teachings are mentioned here? Let's see what the Zohar has to say and how how it can answer some of our questions. Verse 42. For when the people of the entire world heard of the wonders of the Holy One, blessed be He, they trembled. Verse 43. 
Then they looked up to Jethro, who was the wisest and was appointed over all of the heathen deities. When they saw that he came to worship the Holy One, blessed be he. Saying, now I know that Hashem is greater than all the Elohim. This was what he, what Yitro said to Moshe when he came to see him. So they're saying because he was the leader of the, he was a, a priest for the for the non-Jewish nations, they, as a, as a consequence of his belief in Hashem, they ended up giving up their idol worship, which then realizing that their idols were worthless. At that time, the glory of the holy name of the Holy One, blessed be He, was exalted on all sides. So therefore, this chapter of the Parsha of the Torah has been recorded with Yitro's name at its beginning. So they're saying, they answered one of our questions from the beginning, where they're saying that the great impact of his transformation from a high priest of Avodah Zara to believing in the one God of Hashem and believing in Hashem had such a, a deep impact that it needed to be mentioned in the Torah because it was it was part of the process of the Torah coming into the world is that it should also impact the other nations in the world. Now the Zohar is going to teach us about the study of astrology and how it's like reading the face of the universe. Verse 183. So just as the Holy One blessed be, he created the stars and the constellations with the skin of the firmament, as they are the signs of the heavens, so that we may observe, we may observe them to know the wisdom from them. In the same way, the Holy One blessed be he created man with marks and wrinkles in the skin of the face of man. So similarly, the Holy One, blessed be he, created man with marks and wrinkles in the skin of the face of man, which are similar to the stars and the constellations, through which to know and to perceive great wisdom, applying it to the body. Basically, the... Zohar is saying that just like when you see a person's face, it gives you insights into what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Like you can read a person's state through their face and how they're doing that it's all in the face. It's a parallel to the stars, the planets, the constellations, that they are the face of the universe, that by observing them, you're able to understand what is going on in the world what is the status of the energy in the world and and the the different things that are happening they're drawing a very direct connection between expression on the face to expression in the constellations next we're going to learn about what the zohar has to say about reading a person's forehead this is verse 79 mitzchad dakik 
So if a person's forehead is small and rounded, then he will make intelligent observations. But yet sometimes he will be fearful in spirit. And his love will be joyous. And he will be kind-hearted to everyone and will have many interests in different things. And if he studies the Torah, then he will become quite wise. The lines of the hands and the lines of the fingers from the inside are all set under other secrets with which to discern concealed matters. And these are the stars that shine so as to reveal the interiors of the constellations and high ministers. It's similar to the previous verse. They're saying that reading the hands and the lines on the hands of a person can reveal many secrets that are hidden about that person. Just like reading the stars or the constellations can reveal a lot of wisdom about the universe um so it sounds like they're trying to connect the dots between a face reading palm reading astrology that they're all connected they're all interconnected in in the wisdom that's hidden in the world but can be revealed through these exterior expressions so the next we're going to explore a teaching about hands not reading hands but what happens when you raise your hands and what and how the hands need to be used during prayer. So fascinating uh, section here. Verse 7. He opened the discussion saying, and none shall appear before me empty. This is the secret of the raising of the fingers. For when man spreads his fingers upwards, he should not do so in vain, that there should be a reason why a person is raising their hands upwards. But rather, a person should only raise their hands when it's for prayer or for requests from Hashem or for blessings, if you're going to bless someone. So here we see that there's a teaching about the power of that physical hands have, that they're like antennas for drawing down blessings. And when one raises their hands with the kavanah, with the intention of receiving blessings, then it's for the good. But if one raises their hands without that intention, then it's not good. Um, there's a lot more that the Zohar says about that, but that's really the core message. There's a special power for our hands. And that the 10 fingers are parallel to the 10 sefirot and are also connected to the energy of chesed, which is the right hand, and gavura, which is connected to the left hand. Verse 172. Dilen inun For all these are the signs. So they're saying all of these different ideas of wisdom of how to extract wisdom from your body or from the from the constellations that all of these are signs by which 
we recognize men on whom the spirit of wisdom rests. So it's a way to identify personality traits in people that are wise. Yet Moshe had no need for any of these signs. It says, and he chose, Moshe chose able men out of all Israel. For the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit that came to him and informed him, and through Ruach HaKodesh, he was able to see all and be able to discern who would be good people to be leaders to help him with governing the Jewish people. So we see in this section that it answers another one of our questions that we had earlier, that we see that Moshe didn't need Yitro to teach him any of these signs that he already had deep intuition and insights into people because he was able to access a higher level of Ruach HaKodesh. Verse 328. Yet we learned that Moses saw the vision, meaning his prophecies were cut from a bright mirror. A spaklaria means a mirror, denehera means bright or shining mirror. While all the other prophets derived their prophecies and visions from a dull mirror, meaning it wasn't so clear. As is written, I saw visions of Elohim. Marot is a word that represents mirrors and it also can be used to represent visions. So it's written when in the in Bar it says, if there is a prophet among you, I Hashem make myself known to him in a vision. And then later on it says, my servant Moses is not so. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. This is Bamidbar chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. We see here that Moshe had a very unique and very high level of prophecy because it was clear, it was direct, and it wasn't fuzzy vision like the other prophets had. So we're going to learn now that the Jewish people also reached a similar high level of Ruach Kodesh and Nebuah prophecy during the Har Sinai revelation when Hashem spoke to them directly. Verse 2.97 All of them saw Hashem face to face as it is written, Hashem talked with you face to face. And what do they actually see? Tane Rabbi Yossi min hiru deinun kalan Rabbi Yossi explains that there was an illumination from the voices as there was not a voice that did not shine. So they were able to see the voices. The voices had a visual that accompanied them. They could see all things hidden and veiled. So they, that the what they were able to see was beyond just the words that were being um, spoken to them, but like it was like insights and understandings in such a deep way that was beyond anything that had ever been revealed to them. Darim Daytun Ad Malkat which will never be revealed 
to succeeding generations until the days of King Mashiach. Therefore, it is written, and all the people see the voices, for they actually saw. So in the next verse, the Zohar will continue describing what was the experience that the Jewish people had at Har Sinai. Verse 377. So despite all this, they could not endure it, for as we have been taught, from Rabbi Yehuda, who said in the name of Rabbi Chia, in the name of Rabbi Yossi, when they heard the words of the Holy One, blessed be he, their souls flew from them. And their souls, the souls of the Jewish people, ascended up to the throne of glory in order to cleave to it and dvekut. So we hear, we learn here that when the Jewish people finally hear Hashem's voice directly, after only hearing just the first commandment, they reach such a high level of dvekut, of attachment to Hashem, and their souls keep leaving their bodies and coming back. They leave their bodies and come back, and it was just too much for them to handle. So they asked Moses to tell them the rest of what Hashem wanted to share with the rest of the Ten Commandments. Now we're actually going to explore some unique insights from the Zohar about the actual mitzvah, the Ten Commandments, the um, that were written on the Luchot, the tablets of stone that look like sapphire. Verse 370 says that, So it's written in the Parsha of Devarim, which is much later, but it is in a reference to this week's Parsha. It says, The work of Elohim was the writing of Elohim, and it was written with the finger of Elohim. So it was to distinguish between the first Luchot, the first tablets, which eventually broke, or in Moshe broke versus the second ones um, that Moshe brought and didn't break. So the first ones were actually written by Hashem in with Hashem's writing versus the second one, which Moshe ended up writing again. Verse 365. Verse Rabbi said that the two tablets were seen with their letters soaring in the air, which would could be seen with both fire. So it's like the letters were like in the air, like flying. A white fire and a black fire in order to demonstrate the union of the right and the left. Because so, so white represents right and black represents the left. As it is written, the length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. The He asks, is it not written from his right hand when a fiery water them? Like this was a description of how Hashem gave the Torah. He answers that the Torah came from the side of Gevorah, which is the left, and it was included in the right, the right side. So therefore, it had in it both black and white fire. So black and white, right and left, Chesed and Gevorah, these are 
parallels that are drawn here to explain to us what actually happened at Har Sinai, where opposing energies were united when Hashem gave the Torah, because unity creates blessing. And when you go beyond duality and reach a consciousness of oneness, then that creates the vessel for blessings and wisdoms. Let's continue with this theme in the next verse, verse 383. Tana Bashata Israel So we have learned that when Israel, um, Israel stood by Harsinai, the moon began to shine. Remember what we learned last week, the moon is connected to Malchut. It's another one named for Malchut, which is the divine feminine aspect of Hashem. As it is written, he bowed the heavens also and came down. Mahu So what does it mean he came down? That the sun, which which is parallel to Zeranpin, and is parallel also to the heavens, connected to the sun, right? And it approached the moon, which is Malchut, meaning that that when Zeranpin approaches Malchut, when the sun approaches the moon, when the masculine approaches the feminine, the moon begins to shine, the feminine shines. And so the Zohar is teaching us that there was a union of masculine and feminine energies, divine energies, which then creates balance, creates harmony, creates peace in the world. And that's the, the stage that was set for receiving the blessing of the wisdom of the Torah, which was revealed there. Let's continue on this theme of union and love and, and harmony. Verse 563. So just as there's a physical action that we do, there's also spiritual actions that we do that are also manifested through intention. For the Holy One, blessed be He, desires the heart and the intention of man. Even so, a person who doesn't always fulfill the commandments with his heart, which is essential, it's the most essential quality. So they're saying that even though we know that this is what Hashem wants, is that we should do the mitzvot with all our heart. Wants you to, to to love him from all of your heart that that you should serve him from a deep center of your heart. But still, even though a person knows that they don't always fulfill the commandments with that type of intention, with that type of energy or joy or love, which is essential. That's why David had that King David had the prayer that established the work of our hands upon us. Oh, prosper at the work of our hands. And this, he's saying that this is a special prayer that even if a person doesn't do it with the right kavanah, that, that their mitzvot should be accepted. For not everyone has the capability to be mindful and to direct his heart to correct everything when performing with the meaning. Not everyone knows how to do tikkunim and yuchudim and, you know, fix the high supernal worlds through their mitzvot and their prayers. Not everyone is at that level. 
And that's why King David created that prayer that Hashem should establish the work of our hands upon us, meaning that Hashem should accept our service no matter what. So the Zohar is telling us here that it's not enough to do mitzvot on their own. Obviously it counts, but it's not enough. That the ultimate ideal of the way we should be doing the mitzvot is from the heart with the right intentions, with love and with joy in order to do a tikkun, a tikkun for our soul, which is ultimately the whole purpose of why we have all these spiritual practice and rituals of the mitzvot is to align our souls so that we're, we can get to a place of harmony and balance so we can connect to Hashem in the best way possible. Now we're going to explore a very beautiful example of how do we actually do that? How do we keep a mitzvah especially this one, which is one of the Ten Commandments, with all of our heart. Specifically, we're going to explore the mitzvah of kibud, avvaem, honoring our mother and father. Verse 555. Honor your father. Another way to say it, or another way to explain it, is honor Hashem with your substance. Mehonecha, mimamonecha, your substance, what does that mean? It means your money and your substance, it means your chain, your grace. Meaning use the stuff that you have that is important for you, like your money, your, your charm, like use every aspect of who you are to serve Hashem. Meaning, with a joyful tune, for then the heart is gladdened as when any melody is sounded, meaning to do it with good vibes, with a joyful energy, with a gladdened heart, like to really do it because you want to do it and because you enjoy doing it. The son's good deeds gladden the hearts of his father and mother. In other words, nachas or nachat for the parents that when a person honors them, they're not doing because they have to, but they're doing because they want to, to show how much they love their parents. They honor them in the same way Hashem wants you to honor him and to serve him because you want to, because it's an expression of your love and appreciation and gratitude that you have for him. So for me personally, I love this section so much because it's saying that we're supposed to do the mitzvot instead of just doing in black and white, which is like blah, no energy, just because you're doing it just because that's what, that's what everyone does around you, that you do the mitzvot in full color with everything that you have, with all aspects of who you are, with feeling, with your emotions, with your physicality, with your charm, with your energy, with your soul, to do it because you want to do it and truly love doing it. And that's what gives Hashem true nachat. So let's explore some of the themes of today's learning. What I took away from this parsha was that in order to draw into the world the highest wisdom, opposites needed to be united. The teaching of where it talks about the fire of the tablets, the white fire and the black fire, bringing those two together, where it talks about the union of the masculine and the feminine and bringing those together, that it's about bringing duality and 
bringing them to the unity and seeing beyond the duality and seeing that everything is one and that when there's unity and that you you can explore the space of opposites being at together opposites coexisting and you can see beyond the duality and see the unity beyond everything that's when true blessing can come into the world and that's when true wisdom and insights can come into the world i hope you enjoyed today's learning And I look forward to next week. Be well.